Welcome into the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you downloading, streaming, listening, wherever you may be at. Uh, I don't know what day you're listening on. I'm recording this uh, at 2.04 on Sunday, January 26th. Uh, obviously, the sports world. This is one of those things where You sit down, you hit record, and you kind of let it roll, right? This is a, obviously a very different podcast. And I'm also of the realization that uh, few people will give a shit what I have to say today, nor should you. It's kind of one of those days where you get lost in your own emotions, and, they, and they're weird emotions. Um, I met Kobe Bryant on many occasions, and, and, and I'll share those stories with you as, as we progress. Some of you listening have, some of you haven't. And it's one of those moments where, you know, I often refer to athletes as commodities and stocks. We get lost in the fact that they play for our favorite team. We get lost in the fact that in, in many respects, they're like superheroes, right? You see what Kobe Bryant does on a night-to-night basis. You see what guys like LeBron James do. You see what guys like, I, I, I don't know, Tom Brady does or, or Derrick Henry or Patrick Mahomes. You see what these guys do when you look at them as superheroes. You look at them the same way that you look at Superman and Batman and, and, and the rest of the Marvel you know, comic characters and the rest of the DC comic characters and all of that stuff. And you forget like, nah, you know, there's there's no cut, there's no retake, uh, there's no breaking from the set. Like these these guys are just people performing on a very high level that draws the admiration of so many of us, and it gives some of us the opportunity to talk about sports for a living. And if it wasn't for you know the If it wasn't for the sur- superhero antics of these guys, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do this for a living, right? We wouldn't be able to host radio shows. We wouldn't be able to, you know, go on, you know, our local television networks and talk about sports. We wouldn't be able to, you know have podcast and, 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 and you wouldn't be able to form these, you know, tight knit relationships with so many people that you share with through sports. If these guys weren't the way that they were, if these guys weren't as competitive as they are, if these guys weren't such a small, small portion of the population, like if these guys didn't excel on a level that we just can't fathom, you know, we just can't wrap our brain around how incredible these guys are at what they do. We can't wrap our brain around their size. Uh, we can't we can't wrap our brain around their size, around their athletic ability, around their speed. And you know, for Kobe, you know, you, you know with guy like you you'll never you're never going to be, you know, the perfectly built looks like a statue LeBron James. Like you'll you'll we're just not genetically 66 250 or 260 or whatever. Or, you know, I think that that was Jordan's size, LeBron like six, eight, like we're not that. 
Like we'll, we'll never be that no matter how hard we work, we can't be that. But the thing that, the thing that I loved about Kobe Bryant, the thing that I loved most about Kobe Bryant was his work ethic, the Mamba mentality, because with Kobe and I've told you, like, I love the get on my level or get off my game. Like, I love that mentality. Like, I expect you, if you're going to be on my team, I expect you to play at this level. You can't play on my level. Get the fuck out of here. I love that line of thinking. Because I know no matter what room I walk into, no matter what field I'm in, I'm not going to be the most talented person in the room. But I'll work harder than anybody. And I always wanted to mimic Kobe Bryant's work ethic. Like, I, I want that mama mentality. Kobe Bryant is the... Kobe Bryant is the number one reason I stopped rooting for teams and just started rooting for players. Because I loved Kobe so much that, you know, being from Sacramento, being a Sacramento Kings fan, having lived through the early 2000s, like, you uh, you can't root for the Lakers, though, bruh. And I understood that, but I, I, I got, you know, close enough to the game through my relationships in life that I knew, uh, all right, I'm okay rooting for players here on out. And I wanted to be able to root for LeBron's. And, 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 and while I still root for the Sacramento Kings, I, I wanted to be able to root for Kobe Bryant. Because I loved his game. And most importantly, like I loved what the Mamba mentality was. And when you look at the things Kobe, like, to me, one of the most, because you're going to hear so much about Kobe Bryant's stats and what Kobe Bryant, you're going to, you, you know, I think we just passed the anniversary of the 81 point game. You're going to see so much of that over the course of the next few days. You're going to see that so much over the course of the next week or so. You know, you're going to see that, uh, you know, every, you know, everything we do, you know, for the next year is going to be a first. You know, we're, we're, we're going to have an all-star game in a couple of weeks and Kobe Bryant's not going to be a part of it. You know, Dwight Howard just said, you know, I want Kobe to be at the slam dunk contest with me. I, I, I got an idea. Like, I want Kobe to be a part of it. You know, the, the, the first All-Star game we experience is going to be the first without Kobe Bryant. The first NBA Finals we experience is, the, the, the next NBA Finals we experience is going to be the first without Kobe Bryant. When the season tips off next year, like, all of these things are going to keep happening. It's going to be the first time we've done this since Kobe Bryant was gone. It's going to be the first time we've done this since Kobe Bryant was gone. And it's, it's, it's you're, you're going to continue, you know, when 824 gets here next summer. You know, Kobe Bryant Day, it's going to take on an entirely new meaning. And as sports fans, like these, these days are difficult because it puts into perspective, like, it puts into perspective how fucking stupid we can all be. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's at this moment now we realize, like, Kobe's human. Kobe's gone. His daughter, Gigi, is gone. You know what I mean? Now, now he's leaving behind a, a, a wife, and he's leaving behind daughters, and he's leaving behind a family. Now, suddenly, it clicks on our brain like, oh, wait a minute, these guys aren't superheroes. This isn't the end of a movie. You know, this isn't the culmination of a, of a, a, a you know, a 20-year a odyssey of a movie that script writers have built and built and built. Like, this is real life, and there's fallout now, real life, because what we do is... We argue, and that's part of what, you know, sports is. I had uh, said a couple of days ago um, to some co-workers of mine that, you know, sports are no longer conversations. ESPN, over the course of the last decade, has shaped sports into debates. 
where you turn on the TV and you see one guy telling another guy how stupid he is because of what his opinion is. And I've always been of the mindset, there's nothing you can sway, there's nothing you can say that's going to sway my opinion. Because it's my fucking opinion. And you're not going to be able to take away from that. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm not looking for, I'm not going to argue with you who the greatest professional basketball player is. I'm going to tell you who my favorite professional basketball player is. And my favorite has been for a long time, Kobe Bryant. And the way that that started is funny. It started out of one of those debates. I was a Kobe guy. Like, I, I loved Kobe. I thought, and I like LeBron. I actually love LeBron. I loved them both. But then it, it, it kind of got to the point where Nike had put out, remember the puppet ads? And we were building, we were building and building to a Lakers-Cavs finals. And you could, you, you were sensing it. Like we, we, it, it was, the stage was set for the Lakers and Cavs. The stage was set for Kobe and LeBron. And you had to pick your side. You were a Kobe guy or you were a LeBron guy. And I decided I'm a Kobe guy. That's how I'm rolling. I'm rolling Kobe. Well, the Lakers got to the NBA finals. The Cavs didn't follow. The Lakers win the, the NBA uh, finals. Lakers win the championship. Kobe wins the MVP. And I'm thinking, great. I'm in the clear. Good stuff. Nope. The argument's got to continue another year. Kobe or LeBron? <sighs> All right, fine. I'm riding with Kobe. He got me there to the championship last time. I'm going to ride it again. Again. Kobe wins the finals MVP. Kobe wins the NBA final. But great. I win again. And then it's like with, with you, you, you can't stop until, you know, the argument is even. Well, now LeBron. And I think after that, LeBron like went to the finals. I, I think it was the year after the last Lakers championship. LeBron went to the finals nine straight years and he never met Kobe Bryant there. And that's when, you know, Kobe tore his Achilles. That's when all of the different things started happening with Kobe Bryant. But we get into this, we, we, we put ourselves in these positions as, as sports fans where we can't have conversations anymore. We've got to argue and we've got to debate and we've got to be right. And you get to the point where you've argued Jordan's numbers so much or you've argued LeBron's numbers so much that, okay, the only thing left to do is to diminish the other ones. So I've, I've talked about how great LeBron is. I've talked about how great, great, you know, Michael Jordan is, or I've talked about how great Kobe is, but now it's not enough. Now I've got to diminish LeBron. If I, if I'm siding with Kobe and I'm saying Kobe is the greatest player that ever lives, I have to start diminishing LeBron James. And I have to start diminishing Michael Jordan because I can't get my point across anymore by talking about how great Kobe Bryant is, I've got to diminish everyone who might be able to reign on that throne. If I'm championing Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time, I've got to diminish LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as much as possible. I've got to diminish, I've got to argue, well, Bill Russell's not even in the conversation. Wilt Chamberlain doesn't even count. That generation doesn't count. I've got to be able to diminish all of that stuff. And that's how we've become as sports fans. We don't take, we're not allowed, it's like we're, it's like we're not allowed to take information and form an opinion and to just talk about what we like. Like you guys know, I love Russell Westbrook. I assure you, I am very aware of Russell Westbrook's shortcomings. That doesn't mean I don't love him. That doesn't mean I don't love the way that he plays. It doesn't mean that I don't love his attitude. It doesn't mean that he's not my favorite player because he is. Russell Westbrook is my favorite player. LeBron, uh, Kobe Bryant has been my favorite player. I'm aware of their shortcomings. 
But that's my opinion, and I don't have to argue that to anybody. But that's that's where we're at now. Radio shows, television shows, social medias, we've got to argue every fucking thing. You can have your opinion. You can have your favorite player. I can have my opinion, and I can have my favorite player, and that's okay. And it's brutal that we get to these points where no, I think we talked about this before. We talked about it for those of you who have been listening since the lowdown. You know, we used to talk about like you don't have to wait till someone dies to say nice things about them. You know, quickly taking a peek at the social media reaction to Kobe's passing, it's it kind of becomes that oh really moment. Like you're tweeting about Kobe Bryant now? Like you're tweeting something positive about Kobe Bryant now. Because you surely haven't had anything positive to say about Kobe in recent years or in recent months or in recent days or ever. But you're taking this opportunity because Kobe's death and the death of his daughter and the death of these, you know, three other people who were in the helicopter with him. It it hits. It's like this moment of reality that hits all of us. It's that life is short reality. It's that. You know, all of this stuff that we argue about is so trivial and so stupid. You know, I was thinking early, like, what am I going to do for the podcast? I, I, I think I'm going to lead with, with Buddy Heald and Buddy Heald being benched. And what does that mean? And what does Luke Walton think of Buddy Heald? What does Buddy Heald think of? The, who fucking, like, why does this even matter anymore? Like, it doesn't. It's all so trivial. And it's all so silly. And it takes moments like this for us to realize it. And that sucks. We should be able to say nice things about people while they're still alive. We shouldn't take what they do for a profession seriously enough to diminish their accomplishments. And we do that too often. And Kobe's the guy who's, you know, Kobe has that polarizing personality and some people love it and some people hate it. I've always said I, I, I would love Kobe's personality, at least, you know, from what I see on the outside. I would love Kobe's personality versus LeBron's personality. I would love someone to, to, to look me in my face and say, do this the fucking right way or get out of my gym. I can respect that more and appreciate that more than going to social media and posting something and me trying to figure out if he's talking about me or if he's talking about some other player or dealing with, you know, the media speculating, oh, LeBron's talking about you, fam. Like, you got a response to that? Like, that, like that's, that's difficult for me. I can respect the Kobe Bryant way more than LeBron James. And let me make that clear. I don't know how either one of them lead inside the locker room. I'm taking the perceptions that we are given about how they lead in the locker room. And I know which one I can gravitate towards more. I met Kobe Bryant for the first time in 2008 when Kara had made the Olympic team. And because of the 1992 Dream Team, what has happened is USA Basketball would kind of be segregated from the rest of the athletes. So when the Olympics come around, you often hear about the, um, what is it called? The Olympic Village, where all of the athletes stay. Well, 
because of the magnitude of stars that the NBA players are, USA Basketball and everything associated with USA Basketball stayed at a completely separate hotel. And, you know, with USA Basketball came, you know, Nike, who, who sponsored the team, and uh, everyone associated with the NBA stayed at that hotel. So that's what, that's where I met LeBron, uh, that's where I met Kobe, excuse me, for the first time in 2008. And I remember thinking, going to spending three weeks in that hotel where LeBron and, and, and Dwight and, and I mean, when you think this was, this, this was LeBron James in 2008, man, he was killing it. This was Dwayne Wade in 2008. This was Chris Bosh and Dwight. And this was the, the, you know, the beginning of the, you know, the Miami heat forming that super team several years later, but this was Pete Dwight Howard and Carlos Boozer and Michael Red and Jason Kidd. Like you had studs there, Chris Paul, Darren Williams, all of these guys. And I remember thinking I've, I've, I've got to meet Kobe Bryant. I have to meet Kobe Bryant. And first day, I, I take it back. It wasn't the first day. It was the second day. I got there the day of the opening ceremonies, uh, changed clothes, went out to the opening ceremonies, came back. So the next day, the next day, Kara and I are getting in an elevator headed up to the Nike suite. The elevator opens up. Kobe Bryant um, comes walking in. And that was the first opportunity that I had to meet him. And he couldn't have been kinder and more gracious. And the thing that stands out about me is, or the thing that stands out about that trip is there were people who would tell me, you know, yeah, Kobe, Kobe's only being nice to you because, you know, because of Kara and, 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 and don't think blah, 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 blah. And it was like, yeah, I get that. Kobe had a polarizing personality both on and off the court and I understood that but it didn't bother me my idea my feeling was I'm gonna judge Kobe Bryant by the way that he treats me and the way that he talks to me and the way that he treats the people around me and that was my that was my first experience and it was like all right cool like I met Kobe like I wanted to meet Kobe I met him the first day like, that's cool. Like, that works for me. And I had a chance to see him on a number of occasions the rest of that trip. There were games in Beijing in that 2008 Olympics would often start at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night for whatever reason. And I don't know if it was, it was you know, television here in the U.S. I can't remember why, but there were often times that games would tip at, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock. And man, I've got, I know I have it somewhere. I've got to find the video of Kobe walking into the arena. Kobe Bryant was the biggest star in China. And it's, Kobe Bryant might still be the biggest star in China. And it's not, it's not comparable to, to anyone except like Michael Jackson. Like he is a massive star. I saw people, I watched, I was outside the hotel coming back from something. Uh, the team had gotten on a bus they were headed to a game, and Kobe was, you know, sitting against the window, just crowds of people outside on the street by the hotel, hoping to catch a glimpse of Kobe Bryant. Kobe's sitting, and I swear to you, Kobe is sitting on the window seat of this bus. He's looking out the window, and he just kind of, he kind of gives the deuces, like he just puts his hand in the air, 
and the crowd just starts screaming. It's legitimately like you would see in one of those Michael Jackson videos where people are like sobbing and they're screaming and they're crying all because Kobe just lifted his hand up and acknowledged that they were there and that they had come to see him. And as, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to see if I can find this video that I took um, in, in the arena during one of the women's games and during a break in play, Kobe comes walking in and you see the whole arena stand up and look. I mean, Dwight's already there. LeBron's already there. The biggest stars you could think of in the NBA, they're already there. They're looking at one person and one person only. It's Kobe Bryant. And they start chanting, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. It's crazy. I, I promise you I'm going to do everything I can to find that. I, I, I'm pretty confident I know where it's at. I'm going to do everything I can to find that video and, and, and post it on social media um, as soon as we wrap up here. But that game, you know, those games would be on so late and we'd get back and it wouldn't be, you know, uncommon for us to be sitting in this cafeteria where I'll never forget, it was, Chef Sean was his name. He was the chef for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, he would stay up. He would, he, he, would, he would cook. There would be tons of food there for everybody that fit their, you know, different diets. I was very much a carnivore at the time. So, you know, every night at like 1 o'clock in the morning, we'd be, you know, eating steak and potato, whatever was there, mac and cheese, because, like, that's what I thought worked for me. So I was eating that stuff at the time. And, again, not uncommon for us to be sitting around a table, and it'd be 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I remember doing that. Kobe finished up his food. And I, yeah, I, this is so stupid, but I'll remember this forever. Like Kobe gets up and he has to walk past our table and he has to walk uh, directly behind me to leave. And I turn over. I see him walking. He kind of puts his hand up. He slaps my hand. And he just kind of leans down and wraps his, you know, does almost like a bro hug, but like just wraps his arm around me from behind. And it's like, while I'm sitting down, it's almost like on my neck. And he just, you know, did that and tapped me and, and you know, did, did kind of the same with Kara and kept moving. And fuck, like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought that was the coolest thing. It was like, yo, he does it. Like, who am I? You know what I mean? And. He did that, and I thought I thought that was dope. Fast forward to the next NBA season, and I mean the season immediately following the Olympics. The Lakers are at the Arco Arena, and Kara and I are sitting in the you know we're we're sitting along the the baseline, you know, like by the basket, and Kobe. <laughs> So we're, you know, our tickets are, you know, I, I can't remember. I'm, I don't think Kara's working. Maybe she's doing a little work for the Kings there at that point. I can't, I can't really remember. But I remember. <laughs> obviously, we're sitting in the front row, so our tickets were given to us by someone, you know, very important in the Kings organization, right? Kobe comes down, you know, two hand dunk, just ah. And I jump out of my seat and I'm cheering and I get the look like, well, you sit your ass down, sit down. And so like I sit down and I swear to you, Kobe looks over at us and he sees me and he sees Kara and he kind of flashes a smile and he goes back to playing. Okay. 
Fast forward again. Same game. Quarter break. Kobe walks over to us, gives me a big hug, gives Kara a big hug, you know, gives us about 10 to 15 seconds of his time or whatever he's talking. And, you know, <laughs> I remember Kara said, fuck. Kara said, <clears throat> how are the girls? Because they were so young at that point. And they were in China with Vanessa. And I think, I feel like he had two at the time. But I have to look that up. Because right? I remember girls being plural. And, you know, he just beams. Uh, and he talks about him. And Kara's talking about, man, I want to come babysit him. And she was like, and Kobe's like, oh, man, please. You, you want to come take them off our hands? Come do it anytime you want to. And, like, I remember that so vividly. And I just don't know how many athletes would, you know, take the time to do that. You know, this Kara wasn't an assistant coach. Like, that That type of behavior is everyday behavior now. You know what I mean? Kara's, she's an assistant coach in the NBA. She's spent, you know, since 2008, she's been, she's been on television for over a decade now. You know what I mean? She, she, uh, you know, she was in the NBA for a year. So that type of stuff at that time, it's not uncommon. Now it's not uncommon. Then it, it, it was a little bit more. And for, you know, Kobe to acknowledge me as well, again, I'm nobody, but he took the time to do that. He remembered China. He remembered our interactions in China, man. And that's why, you know, for the last 10 years, you couldn't pay me to say a bad word about him. And I've told, I've told about a similar experience with LeBron James and the way that LeBron James treated my sister. When my sister first caught a glimpse of him in China, same trip, she had this very much, oh my God, that's LeBron James' reaction. And she looked at me and like her eyes are glowing and she's like, oh my God. And LeBron saw the whole thing. And he, he's walking kind of like, like just like right next to us. He sees my sister's reaction. My sister kind of turns back to him and LeBron says, Hey, how are you? And I'm LeBron James. And my sister was going up to the room and she got in the elevator and wrote it up with LeBron James. And she'll never admit that that experience was cool for her. like, Oh yeah, it was cool. It was no big deal. That fucking experience was everything for her. And it was, and that's why like I, tell you all the time like I'll talk I'll I'll treat someone you know if I've ever met them I will only treat them by the way that they treat me and my limited interactions with Kobe were things that I will never ever forget and that moment where and that moment where he's glowing about his you know his kids when they're still so very very young at that point like I'll never forget that and to think that he's not here and, and Gigi's not here, man. And, and, you know, he if you've ever heard Kobe talk about Gigi and talk about, you know, going to UConn and all of these different things and, you know, Kobe Bryant's undying support of the WNBA and women's basketball, it's, man. These moments are so weird. You feel such a connection with these guys. You know what I mean? You feel such a connection with your, 
your favorite athletes or your, you know, your favorite entertainers or like I was, I was working out this morning and I was trying to stay focused on what I was doing. And I heard my phone vibrate. Like it was on the kind of the, the, the counter of my window in the, in the room that I work out in. And I heard it vibrate. It was like, okay, you got to ignore it. Then it vibrated again and again. And I'm just thinking, fuck, just ignore it. You only got like six minutes left. Keep going, keep going. And I'm doing this super intense boxing workout and I'm just, I'm trying to stay focused, but I keep hearing it vibrate. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm like, who, like, why? And then I'm thinking, am I, in, I it's got to be a text thread. Like there's some sort of text thread going on and I, I can't imagine what it is, but I'll get to it when I get to it. And I finished the workout. I, I'm stretching. Like I take off my gloves. I see something pop up on the iPad screen, which I'm using as a, a screen to show my workout because it's one of those workouts, kind of like a Peloton where you're watching and you're getting instructions from a, from a trainer. And um, I saw something pop up from the Washington Post. I couldn't quite see it. So you know, I'm kind of done and I, I look at my phone and there's like 12 text messages and like three missed calls. And I see my best friend text me, Jackson, who's my godson. You know, he tried to, he, he told us about Kobe. Like we didn't, we didn't have our phone on. We didn't have the TV on, man. I know how much you loved him, dude. I'm sorry. I'm like, what? Like, I thought he was talking, I thought he was being a smart ass. Like I thought he was talking about LeBron passing him last night. And then I kind of look up and I, then I see the Washington Post thing that says, you know, Kobe Bryant dies in helicopter crash at 41. And uh, like you, you, you can't, and then you, you know, of course, then I see all the other texts and what they're saying. And it, you, it's still like that thing where you can't, like you're trying to process it, but you don't know exactly what you're seeing. Like, wait, what? Kobe's not dead. Kobe's fucking immortal. Like Kobe isn't dead. What do you mean? He was just, he was just tweeting last night. He was just talking about LeBron James last night. There's no way. And then you realize like, man, this is, this is real life. And we forget sometimes that sports is real life. We get caught up in the fantasy world of it. And I don't mean the literal fantasy part. We're gambling and fantasy football teams. I'm talking about the fantasy of, you know, Hitting that game-winning shot, being in the driveway, or being on the, you know, being on the playground. Five, four, three, two, get the shot up. One. We've all done that because we've seen our favorite athletes do it. If you're a basketball fan, you've mimicked the Jordan. For, no matter how old you are, you've mimicked the Jordan free throw extended jump shot against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the celebration that followed. What's great is Kobe's mimicked that as well. You've mimicked the, you know, George, uh, the the Kobe against Phoenix, the game winner, and the fist pump and the walk away, the biting of the lip. Like you've mimicked all of that, because that's what we do. We we want to mimic greatness. And if there's one thing about Kobe that I can mimic, man, it's that work ethic. It's that Mamba mentality. When you think the last thing Kobe Bryant did on a basketball floor was score 60 points on a night that he knew every person was there to see him on a night in which the Golden State Warriors broke the single season record for most wins. He stole the spotlight from them 
by scoring 60 in his final game. I wanted him to shoot the ball every time he touched it, and he damn near did, as he should. But that moment was his. That day was his. That was his last act on a basketball floor. His first act off the floor was winning an Academy Award for the video he put out to announce his retirement. Man, that's how next level Kobe Bryant is. And he has this amazing ability. When he has a focus, it is a singular focus. And it is a singular focus to be the greatest professional basketball player he could possibly be or the greatest professional basketball player that ever lived. And every book, every poem, everything he read had to do with making him a better basketball player. Everything he wrote down had to do with making him a better basketball player. Everything that he put into his body, everything that he worked out had to do with him being a better basketball player. And he was able to transition so seamlessly and find a different place to devote that attention to. And that attention, you know, a couple of years later, not that it wasn't when he retired, but now it seems all of his attention was on his daughters. Some of you know I host three different podcasts. This will be the first time I've ever posted a singular podcast across all three platforms or across all three podcasts. Um, If you're listening to this on the Sacramento Kings podcast, um, I I don't think I'm going to do any post games this week. Uh, I I mean, I might, I just don't know when, if you're listening on the uh, daily podcast download, uh, I, I, I don't know when I'm going to do another show again. I I, I don't intend to do this. I don't, I'm not going to do another one Monday. I doubt I'll do one Tuesday. Um, If there's a reason to do another podcast before next Monday, I will. I can't imagine that there is. Um, And not to be, and, and I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. It's just like, how do you go and talk about Buddy Heald being benched? How do you go and talk about you know, the Kings and the, who are they playing? The Timberwolves. Like, I, I don't know how to segue to that. I don't know how to go back to criticizing Luke Walton for his post-game press conferences. So at some point, you know, the podcast will come back. The, uh, the In the Game podcast will be back next week. The um, Sacramento Kings podcast will, will be back soon enough. But. It's just time to kind of shut down and, and, and reflect on this a little bit and, you know, admire professional athletes for what they are and what they can do while also being able to understand that they're, they're not the superhero characters that we often think that they are. They're people who live and die. And I'm devastated by the loss of Kobe Bryant, man. I'm devastated for Gigi. I'm devastated for their family. I'm devastated for the families of of the other three people that were on the plane. It's just a, it's an absolutely horrifying story uh, for someone that we in the sports world felt that we were close to one way or another. And that's, you know, that's the difficult thing when you, when you turn on sports every night, you feel like you're close to these guys. And I'm not, you know, again, not trying to be overly dramatic. My interactions with Kobe Bryant were 10 years ago. 
over 10 years ago here at this point. And while, you know, he, he talked to Karen, myself at the quarter break, he was talking to Joe and Gavin at the halftime break. And by the time he left Arco arena, I'm certain he never thought of it again, but it's all I could think about today and how he, how he lit up when we asked how his girls were. And that is, you know, my two favorite games that I ever watched live were the 81 point game because it was just like a random Sunday and it just completely caught you off guard and the 60 point game, his, his final game. Like those are two of the most enjoyable experiences I've ever had watching basketball. But the image that'll stay with me forever of Kobe Bryant is that moment when we asked how his daughters were and how he responded to it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon.